to me, my podcast listeners, after a little hiatus, welcome back to the Dom of X show. Uh, it's me, Dom, uh, your, your lucky uh, then-professor, now co-leader of the X-Men, because that's what I'm going to brand myself as now. Forget the professor. <laughs> it's time to uh, rebel against the island of Krakoa. And with me at my side is my amazing friend, uh, Dylan Gray. How are you doing, dude? How are you, how are you doing today? It is a Friday night, and Friday nights are, are are typically awesome. So, how are you doing? Well, yeah. Now, now that we're almost out of the pandemic, Friday nights actually can be something now. But uh, there's something I need to like. I'm doing fine. Let me just answer your question. Yes, I'm doing fine. I'm having a great day. Uh, but let's talk about you and your accomplishments because you, my friend, are going to be going to college and shit. The fuck? I can't, I can't yeah. wait. Honestly, I, I honestly can't wait. And, and thank you for the, uh, congrats, congratulations. It's, it's something that I've been working my butt off for the last, last three years, um, up until, uh, you know, trying to fulfill my, my mom, uh, my mom's purpose of, just sort of being here and helping me guide through life and um, supporting me. And, and I'm at the point where I can say, like, I'm for the next couple of years, I'm going to be at university. Uh, and it's it's an amazing it's an amazing feeling to relish in because it's it's uh, not every day that you, you know, you can take this opportunity. So I appreciate the congratulations. I'm really, really yes. excited for the next chapter of my life. Uh, I'm still going to be reading oh, yeah, X-Men. And not to mention, you're going to be closer to your, to your Dodgers. You're going to be closer to your Lakers. You're going to, you're going to be, be, it's going to be really good for you, like sports wise. Correct. Know? Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm going to be down south, uh, at, at Irvine guys, uh, near Los Angeles, near all of those amazing, amazing south cities. It's, it's going to be fun. I can't, I personally can't wait, uh, to, to just get, get in there and and do my business do everything there there's there's a lot of stuff i'm excited for in the next chapter of my life this podcast will still be a thing i'm still going to be reading x-men i'm still going to be standing jonathan hickman and almost everything that man works on <laughs> that won't change right um but uh it's it's definitely something to uh be. but he's moving on up he's moving on up moving on up trying to, to get my bachelor to the deluxe apartment in the sky. I guess that doesn't work. A deluxe apartment in the sky doesn't work for college. But you get you get the job. No, but I actually am getting an apartment, though. That's the thing. I, I will be in an apartment. Oh, is it deluxe? Is it deluxe? It's it's more deluxe than a lot of the other apartments. Because, like, Irvine has Wait. The... No, okay. Final question. Final question. Final is question. Is it in the sky? Is it in the sky? Unfortunately not, no. Ah, okay. Well, you know what? He's moving on up. To Irvine, to a deluxe apartment, uh, or department, apartment, I'm just ruining it, I'm just butchering this whole thing, just, we're moving on, moving on, what, is, this podcast can't, the whole thing can't just be me making bad jokes, and remixing songs, and congratulating Dominic on this amazing feat, and his, uh, his future, and all that fun stuff, no, we're here to talk about fucking X-Men, isn't that right? Right, we're here to skip the regular update of X stuff, and all of that, uh, because, we're, we're going to be doing that at the end because there's just way too much to talk about. Guys, we are finally in the reign of X, the await, the long-awaited next era of the Hickman... Uh, the, the next period of the Hickman era of X-Men coming in to you guys uh, right now, right here. We're in the now, and I, I can't wait to cover it. It's, it's, we're covering the regular X-Men title. Of course. Right, of course, written... Uh, by Jonathan Hickman, art by uh, Phil, the wonderful Phil Noto, who does amazing stuff on cable. Uh, God bless his soul. God bless cable. Uh, we got we got Brett Booth, uh, Mahmoud Asrar, and uh, and Francesco Mobley in again as the artists for the colorists. We have the amazing Sunny Gao, uh, lettering by Clayton Cowles, designs by Tom Mueller, and edited by Jordan D. White. Where do you want to start, yes, dude? Yes. We need to start it. Where do I want to start? Okay. Uh, this is where I want to start. Okay. Um, the art. The art in these five issues that you had me re read 
was just across the board so good at times it felt almost retro and then other times it felt modern and all of it just and it flowed just all well together and the page layouts were perfection i forgot like because it's been so long since we just sat down and read some x-men i forgot just how good the book is like sorry guys i i how dare i but here here i am like it's it's great uh, i i loved it it kept me so engaged the writing obviously is phenomenal you know but but the art is what really stood out to me. Just the way all the characters were done, and 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 the inside of the vault, the way that looked, and everything. It was it was really sick. What, what about you? How'd you feel about the art? Yeah, man, it's great. I I, I think Mahmoud Asrar killed it on the vault. Uh, Francesco Mobley on Orcus and Nimrod, and of course the the amazing Phil Noto, uh, who was already one of my favorites on the Sneak Summers Family Cable Book. Doing a fill-in for Hickman X-Men. Uh, I remember back in, I think it was November or December, where Jonathan Hickman was interviewed by Adventures in Poor Taste. Just talking about how amazing Phil Noto was and how, how amazing the stuff was there in that book. And what just to uh, expect from it. Uh, I, was, I was not disappointed. Uh, you got weird creatures. He does all that stuff well. Uh, and, and for that Ten of Swords Fallout issue... I just could not be, I just, I don't know, I just couldn't be blessed more with how amazing and refined that, that book was in, in, in terms of the art and the interiors and the colors and everything. Because Phil Noto does everything. Um, I was, I was impressed. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And just like jumping, like you said, like they just had this huge major event that changed the couple things you know that they they basically had new neighbors and now they got to figure out kind of like where they're going with everything you know and i I, i'd even like that the thought of araco didn't even come across my mind because i was just like okay it's over they're gone but no they're still there like it's still there Mm -hmm. like you you also think you remember i think it was an x-men number two where the two islands had an orgasm with each other which was one of the best parts of the book (laughs) let me just say um, they try to, <laughs> it's our, we're already going to be marked as explicit because we do occasionally swear on this podcast, but <laughs> yeah, they, they guys, tried to you come, know. You guys know. they, they tried to come and they <laughs> couldn't, <together. laughs> they tried to come together and they couldn't Yes, for whatever reason. We have the Summers family again, God bless Scott Summers, Rachel Summers. Nathan Summers, God bless them and their weird adventures on this island. They look at the two islands and they're like, well, something's not right. There's nothing horny here. What's happening? And it's literally the... (laughs) Is this what it is? Is Jonathan Hickman's X-Men just one giant porno and everyone is living in it, including (laughs) the islands? Including the islands. Right, even the islands are fucking. Even the islands are fucking. And I, I... I love the design that they did when they when they had to like yeah. So if I'm okay, just erase everything I just said. Okay, so here's the thing that was a little bit kind of confusing for me because I thought that Krakoa and Arako were one at one point, like literally like one being, and then it split the two. Right, one went to a different universe completely. Now they came back together. But now it's not working out because it's been too long and they're different. Is that is that basically like what what the vibe was? What they're trying to explain? Like they can't be one anymore because it's been so long and it's such such different places. Right, and, and there's sort of a weird non mutual understanding that both islands have. Like for whatever reason, they just can't be congruent and agree on the same terms. Like you have for Koa, which is on our Earth, which is where all. For the for sake of for priority's sake, all mutants live on there. And then on the other hand, you have Araco, which is on Amenth, which is the flip verse of this Earth. Um, being different, you have a lot of weirder creatures there who do weirder things, and still is for the most part an unexplored uh, area of uh, of this era of this whole entire uh, reign of our Jonathan Hickman era and. So when you see the two islands and where they're trying to reconnect, but they can't, you can't help but notice, like, is there something going on between the two that we don't know about? Like, you see them sitting down, 
and we can't interpret him because we don't speak um, fluent Krakoan or, or, or Iraqi. Um, only Jonathan and, Hickman. And, and I have to say, I love the design of like the humanoid form or whatever you want to call it that they turned into. Like the way that the the plants looked and everything, it was really cool. It was it was I liked it. I just I I know because I like looked at it and like I just kept looking at it. And I was just like, it's like almost a tree beard kind of situation from like Tolkien, but like at the same time, it's, it's something completely different that we've never seen. And I, I just really appreciate that kind of art style where it kind of gives us the nostalgia and the reference to the thing, but still is its own complete separate thing. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense to you? I, it does. And that sort of makes sense to me. Like just the whole, can we get some spotlight and illumination on the entirety of the very awkward being that happens to be Krakoa and the other flip inverse awkward being of Arako. Can we get some answers there? I know we'll get some answers eventually. It's Jonathan Hickman. It's all of that. But um Yeah, what what can I say? It's it's definitely very weird when you see two <laughs> I don't know how you call them. Two plantoid beings enable to I, I, you get you get what I'm saying. I don't know how to word yeah, it do because it. They're, they're, they wanted that they wanted the islands to do it and become one again. It didn't work out, and they just really had to readjust everything that they were planning, you know. And they actually tried to make it cool with with the with the Iraqoans. What, what are they? Uh, Iraqi, Iraqi, the Iraqi, sir. The Iraqi, yes, they are just a people of craziness and and now they have to like basically it's it's not a different dimension they're not even one they're like a separate country now we have like another country of mutants that's just popped up and these are like the hardest craziest mutants of all time you know like how do you deal with that like what do you do and what do you think about the way that magnet the quiet council handled it can i just say there's a really heartbreaking moment in the council meeting when they were talking about whatever happened from uh ten of swords doug said you know what i'm i have a wife now i'm happy and everyone's congratulating him and emma's like i'm very sure you're happy and mystique's like i'm not as she's like tearing up and that got me i was like jonathan why'd you have to break my heart <laughs> why did you have to break my heart <laughs> like it it he knows how to make it, 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 I laughed at the same time. I'm just like, he just killed me on the inside. It's like, how do you do that? It's good writing. One hundred percent. And um, yeah, I'm I'm waiting, though. It's the thing I just keep constantly seeing is just the way of mystiques just kind of disdain for everyone that's on the quiet council and the way that she's kind of deals with everything it's been a lot of like almost passive aggressive kind of moves from her you know always has like a little thing to say under her breath and all that kind of shit you know but she kind of has like her her spotlight uh an issue what issue was that issue that was issue six where she goes on orcas no 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 the one that we just read that's that was you're talking about i think 16. This is issue 16. 16. No, no, no. No, no, but I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm just changing the subject. I'm just talking about Mystique now. Oh, yeah, 20. Yeah, that was 20 that you read where it was Mystique that focused. That was 20? Okay. Yeah. So, like, it, it starts, like, and it's been going on the whole series. Every single issue. Every time she pops up, she has a little da jab to say. And she even says it while they're talking to, to Doug about everything going on, like, and she says something to say there too. And it's always just these little digs. She hasn't really done anything other than in Hawks, <clears throat> other than in house and powers of X. But now that she's like, because she's pissed off, you know, she's, she wants her wife, you know, and, and they want the law of the land is they don't want oracles there, you know, because they don't want people to see the future for whatever reason. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. I also find it interesting that Doug reports, uh, during when he, whenever the two have the Krakoa Arako sort of reconciliation of the sorts, where he reports that there are twenty times as many mutants on Arako as are on a Krakoa, I don't believe in the stuff that we've read or I've read 
how many mutants are approximately on the island. I actually did just buy the Tenosaurus Handbook, but it was not on there. And I find it interesting to see that, well, they have a lot of people there, or a lot of mutants, uh, and it's it's densely populated. It's big. Yeah, you get the point. It, there's a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot of mutants there, and we don't know a lot there's of them. Yeah, and not just mutants, but monsters too. Oh my. They're big. They're big. Um, I also find it interesting that they, that Arako sort of has the same uh, governmental structure as Krakoa. They have the Great Ring of Arako. They have pretty much, you know, the same sort of uh, one, two, three, four, five format of, you know, uh, summer, autumn, winter, and, the, and uh, you know, th- those parts of the Quiet Council. Yeah. Sort of now how you see on here, it's the flip inverse, uh, where you have dawn, dusk, day, night, and Arako. Like, you have Redroot, uh, who we saw in Ten of Swords, sort of in the same position as Cypher, as, like, the translator of the island. And then you have other guys here, um, like, Iska is part of the Iraqi Council, or the Iraqi Ring, uh, Tarn the Uncaring, who we saw in Hellions, right, the, the, per- the, the person who dueled or killed the sinister clone uh when the hellions tried to steal the swords right. from Araco, right so there are a lot of there's some familiar faces on here and then there are others where it's like who are they and what are you guys doing here right and and it's really interesting because it's obviously like you know supposed to be a yin and yang kind of situation it's the opposite island so it's gonna have an opposite kind of council with its own thing Right. That's that's written mm-hmm. probably on purpose. But the thing that I liked and the, and they were talking about it when when Magneto and uh, Xavier come to the island, they say, you know, you guys are a baby country running, you know, a bunch of babies running a baby country like we're thousands of years old. We've been doing this for a long time, like da 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 da, you know. And so that was something I like. I didn't even really like I know they're a new country, but like on top of everything, they're not even that old in comparison. They're like. They're they're ba- they're literally babies. They're these guys are thousands of years old, you know. I mean, the only one that like could like kind of like have any kind of sway with them would probably be Apocalypse because he is one of them, you know. But yeah, but he's I, gone. I, yeah, I no, he's gone. Really, yeah. That was a really interesting thing to kind of point out that I didn't notice before or even think, thought about like during the whole thing, you know. And uh, one more thing before, or two more things I should say before we get to the sort of the Shi'ar Empire fill-in issue. Um, I love how, um, Magneto calls Eric a, (laughs) oh man, this, this cracked me up because I, I just love moments like that where your characters can sort of breathe. Um, it's loading and I hate this. It's on the loading screen right now, as you can see. Um, he calls Charles a... It's not loading. It's not loading. But my point is just... You know what? Give me a second. I hate this. Yeah, just I, Google it. Just Google it, bro. I got you. Um, I'm gonna drop, I'm gonna drop a poke all while you guys are doing that. Whew, it's fucking warming out. I forgot how much I hate podcasting in the summer. He called Eric a hopeless. He called Eric called Charles. Okay, so I love how Charles calls or Eric calls Charles a hopeless romantic because Professor X is a hopeless romantic. I think we need to let that be known. He is a. (laughs) Oh man, he's an asshole and a dick, but he's definitely a romantic. I'll give him that. (laughs) Give him that. Uh, But I think my favorite moment of the issue. And again, you probably foresaw it. Um, was the uh, was the moment between two of my favorite characters, or my two favorite characters, I should say, because I think I can say that without any remorse now. Um, so Xavier and Eric offer uh, Scott and Jean um, something, which they politely decline um, because those two aren't dicks or assholes. Um, and 
What's more important to them, and again, why I just love this part of the issue, is uh, them saying what's more important to us is saving people and being the example to the world um, that we need to be. We're the X-Men. We are obligated, not only obligated, but we are, we, we have a duty. We have a service to set an example of, unto, of ourselves instead of being citizens, instead of being um, people who are a part of this one giant land, what's more important is doing the right thing. Oh, it's so Boy Scout. It's so, um, it's so on for brand for Dominic is what you're saying. It's it's so it's on brand a wholesome sappy pep talk. That's that's what this is. Scott and Gene literally just went on and talked and and went on a on a sappy pep talk to Charles and Eric. Um, which of course leads to the gala and Scott saying, you know what? I could, I could have chose who I wanted to be with me on the X-Men. I mean, I could pick a couple of dudes right now. I'll pick five Omega level mutants to be on my team. I'll pick Storm. I'll pick, uh, uh, I'll pick Iceman. I'll pick, I'll pick whoever. But no, those two are going to let the mutants vote. And I think that to me is a an example of character progression in terms of this era, and how for most part it's all been hand uh, handpicked and chosen. Now it's firmly in the hands of the people who believe in this ideal, and that is something that is both important to me um, and is also just really heartwarming. That was that was awesome from Scott, and I I really appreciate that uh, that sentiment. So you guys mark it on the calendar. On this day, Dominic was impressed by something Cyclops did, by his and, actions and words. <laughs> wow! Who would have known that Jean Grey and Scott Summers, how those two set the set the tone and example, would have made an impression on me. But anyways, guys, before right. we go, right. yeah, I know it's it's surprising. But before we go on to the other issues, before we go on to shares, I wanted to talk to you. More about the Grinky Gathering, what they got to do it. They, they got doings, all that stuff's over there. Pardon my flabbergasting. We'll be right back after these solicited messages. All right, guys. Uh, actually, give me a, give me, let me get 10 more seconds in so I can see that there's a gap. Hey guys, welcome back to the Dom of X show where we talk about the mutants more specifically. Right now we are in the reign of X. We are in mutant expansion and by mutant expansion we are heading to the stars. We are heading towards our yes. old semi-rivals, the Shi'ar Empire. Uh, in this, what, what this is a fill, technical fill-in issue in between the storm, uh, no pun intended, uh, going on from, uh, uh, Krakoa, Arako, and whatever the heck is happening on Earth. Um, well, yeah. See, I, I see. I see. I think the whole series of X Men, this specific series of X Men, is all set up for other things going on in the world, and that's what I like about it. So, I, I don't think I think you could just say every episode, every issue is a fill-in issue. You know what I mean? Yeah, because it's it's one thing too, where like you could argue with someone. You can't say that the book is like the best or not. Because each issue is different. Each issue focuses on a different aspect of Krakoan life, um, the the Summers family, uh, the Quiet Council, or something else that's going on and, and happening within the world. Except for the Tennisword's chapters. Those were all in... Those weren't one-shots. Those were part of a larger, a larger grasp. But... Uh, obviously, this is a this is a part. This is continuing on from the Shi'ar Empire building, a uh, world building that we have gone through from New Mutants by Jonathan Hickman and the Brew, uh, the sort of the King Egg arc, if you remember that, where we went off and saw space whales and also fought with Gladiator and smashed yes. some some Kreas. Yes. Uh, I also find fun, this interesting. Fun stories. Fun stories indeed. I love this. You know what I love, I love about this issue? Uh, Brad Booth brought back the 
X original X Factor uniforms for Scott and Gene. I noticed you, that too. I know that was the first thing I noticed. I was like, damn it, I'm actually into these costumes. Bastards. How dare they do that to me? <laughs> That's what it's I was so talking cute. about, about the whole retro modern kind of vibe that they're going off of. I thought they were great. I honestly thought that was that's the best costumes I've seen for either one of them in years. So good work. Gene is thick, dude. Have you noticed how busty her body? I'm not even joking. Like I'm looking at these pages and I'm like, dude, she is. She. Oh, my gosh. Scott's a lucky man. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> um, it's hot. Um, as I send in. It's so... I don't know. Even like the stuff in the art, like Scott and Gene holding hands uh, throughout like a couple of parts in the issue, which I know you didn't care for, but I care for it. So I'm going to pretend like you're going to care for it too. Um it's there's there's a whole lot of weird stuff in this issue but what i remember the most about it was just uh storm and gene kick butt i was i thought that was really fun in the issue where they they fought off these weird i don't know what you call them these weird aliens it was it was a fun it was a decent issue i had fun with it yeah no totally i <laughs> it was it was it was it was interesting, and it, it, like you said, like or not, like it always sets up for something else. Like, and this is where Storm. I'm really intrigued to see where Storm goes with everything now. Now that she's got like everything that comes from this, you know, they're they're working in space with the Shi'ar, and so you know things go get get out of hand pretty quickly. Oh, those damn aliens, you know. But it was interesting, and some pretty cool characters. Who was the dude with the hammer? I did not recognize him. Has he been in stuff before? I'm assuming that the guy is some Cree. I don't even know what it's called. Some Shi'ar tyrant. He doesn't have a name. I don't care for him. He was a, you know, big bad guy to punch. I think what my favorite part about the issue was, though, besides Scott and Gene holding hands, was when Sam and Berto, or Beto, my friend wanted to call, start call me, have me call Sunspot Beto because it's more politically correct and thematically appropriate. Uh, they're in, like, Sam's tending to with, to his kid, and he's calling his wife, and he's like, what's up? And, uh, S and his, uh, Smasher, she's like, Sam, can you press the button? And then a whole bunch of Smashers appear, and start smashing, and it's the most hilarious thing. <laughs> it's so yeah, weird. That, which, that actually brought up a question that I w was planning on asking you. So there's a, so... There's basically, because, you know, it's a big empire, so these are a bunch of different races and stuff, and each one of the Guardians, right, I think they're Correct, called, or, correct, yeah, they're Guardians, the yeah, Guardians. They're, yeah, they're all from different places around the galaxy, I get that, okay, cool. So, basically, it's, these characters are just kind of like, it's a mantle that they can pick up. It's not necessarily like, okay, there's not ever going to be another Smash, there's not ever going to be another Gladiator, you know, and so on and so forth. Like, there are already these ready-to-go kind of, right? The, the gladiator i know is just there's the one right it's the gladiator we've known since the 80s but smasher is a title that you i think you i believe you get you get it picked up um it's how izzy was recruited in jonathan hickman's avengers epic um just before she met the two new mutants uh and yeah, and I, I love the convenient button. Convenient buttons are fun when written well, and I had enough fun with it to the point where I was like, okay, we'll go with that. We'll have fun. Yeah, um, sometimes yeah. you just got to deal, you know? <laughs> it's it's the best part. I I honestly think that, well, there's two things. Um, I appreciate that uh, if, you know, if someone needs help, Storm's always there in a whistle. Uh, very interested to see what happens with her on that. Um, the second one, I think that they are setting up Roberto da Costa to be the leader of the Shi'ar Empire one day. I I fully believe that he's with the Super Guardian. He's with um, Xavier and Zand uh, Zandra Landra's kid. Uh, and there's 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 a whole lot going on here. I have no idea when the plotline will get picked up again. But I think those are two important things that 
we should not gloss over Storm, of course, being asked for help or being there to help when people need it, and Sunspot becoming the leader of the uh, of the Shiara Park. Yeah, no, it's he's definitely going to finagle his way in there, probably with his penis, but it's definitely going to happen. And um, more on top of anything, let's talk about bringing back some like long game and bringing back arcs. We get to see the vault, bro. The fucking vault. I've been waiting for this since like, what was that? Issue three, issue four, whatever. Issue five. Have, issue five. Issue five. I have been waiting since issue five for this, bro. Uh, 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 where do we begin? Let's begin with the team. What's the team? Tell us the team, bro. Let's dig in the team. Okay, so first up, Wolverine. Logan is not my Wolverine. He will never be my Wolverine because Laura Kinney exists and she's my Wolverine. So there's number one. Number two, we got Sync. We got the man. We got Everett Thomas, Gen X, one of Hickman's favorite characters, and it shows he's got the epic vibes. He's got the rainbow. He's got the cool powers. And then number three, Darwin, able to adapt and mutate to whatever situation he is involved in. That is the team, the most epic team we haven't seen for one and a half years, which got elongated because of the pandemic. Uh, but now we're here and we finally get to talk about, how, oh my gosh, I, this is the, there's so much to talk about. I don't even know where to begin. I, I honestly okay, don't know where to begin. Talk, I would like to talk. I, here's where we'll talk. We'll start with Darwin because I fucking love Darwin. And he's a character that has never just had his time in the spotlight ever. Yeah, sure. He was in X-Men First Class, but it, it wasn't that great. He had an amazing arc in the... <laughs> I, I know this is going to be crazy. I know this is a crazy podcast. We have... Uh, Dominic was moved by Gene and Scott's actions, and I'm about to talk about the X Factor by Peter David and how good he did this character work. Um, so it's a complete. We're just going. We're completely off the rails here than our normal stuff. You know what I'm saying? Um, but Darwin, his ability to literally adapt. So if someone's if someone's going to hit him with a car, he's going to turn into uh, a. He's gonna have a power to deflect cars. If he if he gets put if he gets tried to drown, he he gets the ability to breathe underwater and so on and so forth. And he's really really freaking awesome. And he's had some pretty Peter David did him the best, but this was a really cool thing. And like the way that they work together as a team is really freaking awesome, right? Oh, absolutely. If there's honestly anything that has that that Jonathan Hickman has convinced me on in the issues that he's written. Is that this sync guy? I love him. He he has turned into one of my absolute favorites in terms of what he's able to not only do because honestly, I, let me just say it: the rainbow is cool. It is awesome. It flashes. It's epic. Uh, it is insane to me how sync. I was able to connect with him and also just be dazzled. But the way that they just went in and figured out how to take down this 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 mutant not well menace for lack of a better word it was just it was amazing to me there is i i've only got so many words but literally sync has has turned into one of my favorites jonathan hickman loves him i know this for a fact because gen x is one of his favorite uh that, or that sort of team of characters those are among his favorites um, it's the X-Men that he grew up with. Uh, and I can, I think I can safely say that I'm, I'm a fan of Everett now. I, I, I love him, you know, and, and the way that he works in with Laura and with, uh, when with Darwin, uh, it's wholesome. It, it really is. And, and I want to talk about how X-Men number 19, the one with uh, the overarching, um, uh, dialogue, the, uh, the, um, and all of that, the emotional... The character development is yep. what you're looking for. The I am. The character development of this guy, uh, of, of of seeing... Because they were there for, what, 50 years? 50 yep. years. So they're growing old together. They're getting close. They're, they're like they're a family, essentially. And uh, Wolverine and, and him, uh, they get a little bit more than that, right? It's mm -hmm. a little bit more. And it's just... It's written really well. We get to see his kind of insight. And he's got great powers. I mean... The whole thing was really, really awesome. And I loved 
the idea of the children of the vault and how they keep getting remade, but they're still the same. It, it was right. it's really interesting. This is important to me because this is Homo Novacima, right? It's if there's something that I think should continuously, continually be in this run, pushed towards the forefront of it, and and hammered on. It's the it's the mutant idea. It's the thing that I I believe that Magneto has been pushing for decades. Where the like when we are the inheritors of this earth, we are the next step towards a greater evolution, and we are going to show that the children of the vault possess that sort of ideologue perfectly. They are the it's the most I think one of the most important parts of Hickman X Men. Right? How can we get better? How, how do we push forward? The children of the vault are literally that. It's we grow here, we make adjustments there, and every single part of the sliding time scale, we're adapting. Where and 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 again, it's Homo Novacima. They're not Homo Superior, but it's uh, it's uh, it's they're post mute. Post they're post-human. They're post-human. the word that they Yeah, it's basically like a, a like I guess the Fantastic Four would be considered post-human, right? Or or no, because they have to be actually developed and like created. They're the uh do you remember the year 100 stuff where like you saw all of these like weird like the librarian um those weird people. Uh the children of the vault are the earliest examples that we have of those people. I again, I don't know when they're when Jonathan's going to get back to this plot line, but they are just so cool. Like evolution, like genetic engineering. We're going to push ourselves forward. We're going to adjust ourselves with each sliding year and decade and century and millennia and. Etc. Um, Etc. Because they're because that that's why they made the the vault and the and the time displacement and all that in the first place is so they could be in there developing these crazy powerful humans these post humans to battle whatever. I, I what is the do we know like their motivation their intentions or is this just about like high science and shit? Oh my gosh. Do we know? I think it's again next step. I believe that their purpose in terms of creation is to get to that next level. Again, where you saw in year one hundred, where or I, I believe it was no year one thousand, where they finally got to that developed point. That developed point of uh, this is Endgame. We are we are the world. That is, I I believe that is their end goal. Like, why would why else would you take Darwin in and take his powers for yourself? Right. The well, ability yeah, yeah. to that. So, okay. Yeah. So so it is kind of like more. It, it's it's about they want to take over. That's all we know. But we just don't know how, why, or what. Interesting. And I believe that we should be getting more answers as as that plotline. Uh, continues furthering along but i'm just gonna say this might hopefully this will be an event i want this to be an event okay this is i want a vault event okay i want the vault to open up and i want krakoa to go ham on these fools that's what i want that that the inverse could also happen because now again they have the higher advantage of sync uh dealing with all uh or with darwin and having all of that deal with whatever the heck is going on behind uh, behind the vault. I will just say though, my favorite part of Jonathan Hickman's X-Men in terms of a an emotional standpoint by far is uh, what Sink says. Um, no spoilers here guys because I literally believe X-Men 19 where the vault stuff comes to full form and they finally uh, reclimate in, in that plot line. Um, I believe it's the most emotional issue we've had of the run which is saying something like middle of the run, you're gonna get hit hard, and it's gonna it's gonna hurt. But my favorite part um, is when uh, Everett or Sink is says, "Loving is not dying for someone; it's living for them." And 
those words just rung true when I read it. I, I read that and I was I was just blown away. I was like, how on earth have has Jonathan not only been able to write this grand epic story of the world ending possibly with the new mutant uh, nation state and status quo and all of that. How was he able to do that, but also figure out a way to hit you in the guts when it matters? Because that honestly to me is the most important part. Like, awesome story, but the yes. characters make it matter. And that was just beautiful character work by Jonathan. And, and that's the... And that's what the great thing and why there's a total bit of jealousy that every writer should have for the people in the X office because they get to play with – they have so much they get to play with and they, they are in complete control of it. And they're doing such great stuff with all these characters across the board. It's just they, 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 they understand just the human condition or the mutant condition if I may. And and they're they're able to really bring this a uh, whole new yet same old same kind of vibe to it, and I just I just love it. I love it. I I love what they're doing over there, and they have so much to play with. Each and every one of these characters in every issue, they can they no two books are the same. It's and so good. It's so good. I'm just I'm just sitting here bragging because it's been a while since we just sat down and read some modern X Men. I mean, at least for me, you know. And I'm just I'm just I'm just digging it. I'm just digging it. And and then to. After like dealing with reading the two issues and and getting to to read the vault, which is what I've been waiting for for literally months, almost a year actually, almost a year I've been waiting for this. Yep. Mm-hmm. And we finally get to it, and now we're gonna end with a really action packed issue, issue twenty, which I was talked about a little bit in the beginning, but now we're gonna really get into it. Uh, but before we get into that, what is there anything else going on with the Grand Geek Gathering, Dominic? That's a great question. Uh, I'm going to answer that question in a commercial form because I am a psychopathic, egotistical maniac who likes that sort of masochistic type of crap. So before we get into X-Men 20 and the repercussions of how this whole entire darn thing started, we'll be right back after these subliminal messages. All right, guys, we're back. We're we're back to talk about the last issue of uh, the th- the third trade paperback of Jonathan Hickman's Johnny Hicksman's X Men. Uh, again, I love the sort of resolution slash. Let's get more questions into the sort of. You know what? This run rem- this run literally can be summarized in one panel. Do you remember the issue where Kurt and Scott talk about uh, life and all that? And with the it, it was the Crucible issue where we're introduced to Apocalypse uh, yes. killing mutants, right? So Scott is like, "So what do you think about all of this?" And Kurt is just like, uh, "I'm actually gonna pull up the panel right here." So how it works is that Cyclops says, "I take it you have some opinions." And Kurt just says, that's the thing, my friend. I really don't. All I have are more questions. And that literally is me in in this run. I, 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 all I have is literally, like, it's, it's not like the thing with Hydra where it's like, if you cut off one head, two more will appear. It's not that. It's more like, okay, I, I don't know what I think about it. I really like it. But I have questions, and I, I still have questions, but more of them are being answered in this issue. And the first thing I can say is, I talked I talk to our good friend Mike at the comic shop about this, because he doesn't care for Forge. But guess what? I care for Forge. He's cool. Uh, he has he a... Has, he created a whiskey. He created a freaking whiskey. I mean, come on. That's dope. Like, and I remember people saying, like, Oh well, he's supposed to know about building machines and stuff. He doesn't know about formulas and ki- and and chemistry and compounds. I was like, why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't he? It's just another is, thing for him to study, you know, right? Right. He's a master inventor. All right. That's that's his ability. He knows how to invent. That is his thing. That is his mantra. That is his entire uh, the existence of. Uh, 
whatever the heck you want to call it. And he's a creative person. He's a creative. He even said himself, yeah. he's a creative person. So obviously, he, I think he's going to know one or two things about chemical compounds. If he's already dealing with that stuff in creating weapons of, yeah, actual weapons of mass destruction, because that's what he did for Mystique in this issue. He created a weapon of mass destruction. Unless I misread and it wasn't a weapon of mass destruction. But it is. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's what they're doing. They've they got to take the whole thing out and as quickly and safely as possible. But they need to get it complete. They need all evidence gone. They can't have any kind of things. Of course they need a weapon. And not, and not just one. It's not a bunch of weapons either. It, no, it's a singularity one. No, sorry. I was trying to make a singularity and single weapon joke. It didn't work out. I hope you cut it. I'm, the way that you're looking right now, I don't think you're going to cut it and you're going to leave it in there to embarrass me. So uh, moving on. Yes. So singularity. It's a bomb that opens up a quick black hole for, I, I believe, just a few seconds, just enough to just destroy everything and suck it all in, and then it's gone from existence. Mm -hmm. And Perfect. I think that it's pretty cool. It's pretty freaking cool. And the way that Mystique asked for it, she's like, yo, like, I need a weapon, but I can't tell you what I'm doing. He's like, all right, well, I need to know what you're doing. What are you trying to hit? He's like, I'm trying to do the most damage out of anything. She's like, okay, how about, like, when we like, make a singularity bomb? You know, and then he's like, "Oh, like you want me to do that? Okay, <laughs> I got it just, right here." It's just just ridiculously cool. I I talked again. I talked to Mike about this because I honestly think it would be cool if Forge could, if he could only invent that one thing at, at one time. So this, so if that is true, if that is his mutant ability, it's just like a master inventor. He doesn't actually keep the head knowledge of all this stuff, and he can only do it that one time. That means that this one time is the last time that she's going to be able to do something of this magnitude, which I think is, it, it makes it more damaging. And it, again, the repercussions of it are greater. They're greater on Krakoa, they're greater on her as a character. Uh, and uh, the margin for errors is slimmer. It has, to, it has to be pitch perfect. You need to do it the right way. Um, I also just love how Magneto and Eric... Uh, Magneto, Magneto and Eric are the same person. I like how <laughs> I like how Xavier and Mags uh, are pretty much you know they're breaking their own rules. The point was to not kill humans. That was the one thing to show that they that everyone has agreed to and improved upon. And on that point, no more killing humans. But it's okay because it's Orcus. And I find that interesting. I don't disagree because Orcus is made up of a bunch of bigots who hate mutants. I can just say that. But I think it's interesting. And I like how uh, that sort of that rolled back in the foreplay uh, when we saw them do it the last time. Yeah, because I mean, they they tried to they tried to take it out. They they couldn't do it 100%. Um and they once again, couldn't. And now, now we got Nimrod. Ugh. Nimrod. This guy. Alright. First of all, design, right off the bat, dope as hell. Um, it was... I Now, he, he has a consciousness of of the the guy that died, the, the, the scientist's husband. Is that Correct. canon? Like, was that old canon as well? Was Nimrod also based off of somebody else as well? Or is that something new? Nimrod, from what I understand, in Days of Futures Past, um, oh man, I, I don't, he didn't, Nimrod is just a robot, he was just a, uh, he just was there to kill, he, he didn't have any consciousness, he was just, I'm a robot and I'm here to destroy mutants and you, and mutants can't destroy me no matter how, how hard they try, um, Sort of. I thought he was. I, I thought. No, I'm pretty sure Nimrod was like part of the Sentinels and stuff like that. If I'm not mistaken, like that's. But did he have? I don't think like, he had a consciousness, though. That's the thing. No, I'm I don't pretty sure he was. Yeah, he was just a he, like he had a he had an AI, obviously. But no, I don't think he was like a, aware, like a super like. Aware no, but this is an actual. Yeah. yeah. But this is the Aaliyah Gregor put in her husband into this Nimrod form, right? Make him more human. Which is the scarier part in retrospect, if you think about it on a deeper um, metaphorical standpoint, for sure. But that is also, you know, it's in the back of her mind, it's in the back of their minds. And uh, 
it's it's yeah it's scary to think about it's uh yeah it's like it's nimrod and he's happy you know you know what i want to i want to point this out uh a friend of mine noticed uh, told me about it and i was like you know what i had to um nimrod is acting a lot like early on in this issue a lot like the life nine nimrod that we saw like the year 100 stuff in powers of 10 where he's like this happy-go-lucky guy he's 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 joyful he's joking around he's the he's the nimrod that i could like buy as a plushie right. that's the nim right that's the nimrod that he is early on an issue guys split you, as, you could call him you could call him fun rod if anything fun rod oh uh, that isn't fun rod that sounds like a sex toy it's done. Dylan. it's canon it's fun, the fun rod. You're right. It does sound like a sex toy. <laughs> the fun rod. No, it's too late though. We already made a canonical. We already made a canon. So yeah, you can. Okay, so Nimrod is officially a sex toy, even though he's sterile. All right, we have no, no, made he's, that. He's the, he's the okay. Okay. To be fair, to be fair, all sex toys are are sterile, bro. They're just they're inanimate objects. Correct. Okay, so I, now. I, now I can't. Oh my gosh! I, He's imagining now. Now, if you look at the dimensions, it's very square shaped. I don't think anyone wants to use anything square shaped for a second. You know, time. honestly, man, there are there. I, I guarantee you, there are some, there are people out there who are into that stuff. Yeah. I guarantee. Hey, you. we're talking about it, right? So somebody's got to be into it. Someone's got to right, be moving into on. it. Okay, moving on. Yes, he was a fun character. He was not very robotic and crazy and psychopathic like we were used to for the '90s and '80s. Got no '90s, '90s. Yes, he was '80s. Character. No, 80s. He's he was 80s. '80s. Of course, he was good. Of course, he would be '80s. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. So my point is, um. He this was a this was an interesting kind of character, and it's it's not one that we've seen of Nimrod before. And I like the whole aspect; like he still has like a human consciousness, but not. And it's so it's really going to kind of make sense the development of him and like where how he kind of gets to that far future powers of X Nimrod that we first saw. You know, Kraken right. wise, Kraken wise. Nimrod point there are, there are so many emojis that I could honestly there are so many emojis that I can make of uh, of Nimrod just from this book alone I'm thinking in terms of the discord stuff but honestly man there he just makes some memeable faces uh I I this guy also feels emotion he's when he's back with his wife he's like I can't give you children she's like no you're back that's all I cared about and then they hugged and I was like well, he's a bigot, so I can't be happy for him. But at the same time, he's happy. I I honestly don't know what to what to think about that. Um, but my favorite, I think my the most hilarious part of the issue was when um, they're hugging. He looks over. He's like, "Wait, that's a mutant." Pew 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 pew. Yes, and, yes, yes. Where it was so casual, it's like, "Yeah, oh yeah, we're like, hey, look, there's a mutant there, guys." So that's a mutant, or what? What I don't know the exact line, but it was basically like Helen nonchalant. That's a mutant, there, guys. And he's she's like, "Fuck!" And Mystique's like, "All right." Which also, I really like the red aim suits. Can we talk about the red aim suits as well? Like the wow, designs of them are sick. great. The designs of them I, are I great. Didn't I didn't think. I, I, you know, I've always said that the reason I didn't like Iron Man um, three was because they the aim didn't have the aim suits. You know, the bright yellow hazmat suits with the cool face, but. I didn't think I would like it, and but here we are with red ones, and I'm I'm into it. I'm into it hardcore. It's it's really great. Good work. Good work on the design, guys. I agree, and um, I'll, I'll, all I gotta say, man, uh, there is a lot of subtext that's, that's that's going on behind here besides the Nimrod stuff. Like we got Omega Sentinel and the director guy that we saw at the end yes. of House of X and the beginning mm-hmm. of X Men. Oh man, his speech. It's it's nerve-wracking, but it also flips the switch on a lot of things that have happened, of course, in this run. Um where he's just like cuz again, the whole premise of the X-Men um and it became decadent on after, you know, Claremont and Post, the whole idea of hatred hate the hatred and feared aspect 
of the of mutant kind. He he just puts it into full form. He's just like they don't just hate us; they fear us. They fear the, yes. the the bad side of humanity, and that is a flip on the switch that I wouldn't have foreseen coming uh, at all. Uh, but now we have it here, and now we have it into full form, and that to me is scary. It's... Well, think about it. Think about it. If if Superman has kryptonite, okay, what do the X-Men have? What do mutants have? They have Sentinels. That's their kryptonite is Sentinels. That's the, that's the thing that they're always going to be battling no matter what. And they don't It's not even that anymore, no. They've hum, the the dark side of humanity has involved has evolved. We're past the point of Sentinels, bro. We have Nimrod and he's already online less than 2 years into the Jonathan Hickman run. That's the scary part, right? I, honestly, bravo to Jonathan Hickman because the Sentinels part, I'm glad we're past that. We saw them in House of X and we were done. Now we have Purple Man and he's online. Purple yes. Man is online and that is scary. That is we terrifying. Man, that's another character, but yes, we know what you're saying though. We know pink Man, he's pink, he's pink, he's pink, he's, he's pink. pink. Yeah, Pink Man, we'll call him Pink Man, which kind of sounds pink like Pikmin. Which is the the GameCube game, but we're moving on. We're moving on. We bottom are moving line, on. Bottom line, this was a great set of issues. The trade paperback is freaking awesome. Uh, it reads well. Art's great. Writing's phenomenal. It once again, the X Men series is definitely my favorite parts of the entire run uh, line because it's so it's they're 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 one shots. They they get you going and get you intrigued for more stuff to happen. And I have like, like we say on every podcast, I can't wait to see what they do next. I, amen to that. But three, uh, three things before we head off are three things. I want. Number one, Mystique is so freaking sexy when she's just coming out of those eggshells. I can't help but be like, oh, she's so hot. I I'd bang 10 <laughs> out of 10. The first thing, that's the first thing right there. That's what you thought. Just right off the bat. I, am I wrong? <laughs> I mean, she just got reborn. I mean, give, give, <laughs> give her a second. Give her a chance to get some... I'm, I'm, whatever. Yeah, you're right. Okay, uh, sure. <laughs> sure. So there's one. There's one. Two. Magneto and Xavier, just before the issue ends, say, in the short term... It clarifies others, I suppose. We'll need to. We need tall. And then Xavier cuts him off and agrees to it. I don't know what that is. I want to know what that is. I, I guess we'll have to see what, what the heck that is. And the third one. A character that we haven't seen for two years comes back. And that's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say to why people should pick this up, but for the first time in a very, very long time, an important character that is literally the reason to why we have all of this in the first place is doing something, and why she's doing it, we will find out in Jonathan Hickman's brand new book, Inferno, coming out yes. this September. Coming out this September. Bringing it back, guys fucking inferno can you believe it i was when i got when i heard they were doing inferno first of all i was like oh wait is that the phoenix and then dominic reminded me no it's the mystique stuff i was like oh yes sweet all right and then i start let's let's do it let's do it i can't wait i've been really happy with with uh you know uh, the, the the events for the most part i mean you know you know how i feel about exosaurs it was kind of a weird roller coaster but other than that, I, I this is going to be sick. This is going to be sick. I will even say sick and ill. What do you think? Sick and ill? Sick and ill. That was a very one-tastic usage of that word right there. Yes, Let me just sick say. and ill. Hands down. That was one-tastic by for 100%. Oh, but yes, guys. Anyways, uh, thank you to our producer, Tyler, for doing all this stuff. Uh, as far as this goes, if you guys haven't yet, please go check the Grand Geek Gathering if you haven't in between our commercialized segments. They're awesome. Go check them out. I don't need to say anything else. Dylan. So many cool stuff. So many cool stuff over there at the Grand Geek Gathering, dude. You guys, from articles to streaming, 
to just it's just great it's good stuff you don't want to miss it okay go check it out guys seriously and, and uh thank you dylan for being my co-host again on this pod and talking about hickman x-men it's always cool to talk about whatever is next and there i have a lot Pleasure's of things all mine. Up. pleasure is all mine if i'm being honest and i appreciate that well anyways guys you be you go go be safe go get vaccinated we're almost there. We're almost there to the uh, to being all right in my book and whatever book this is. Uh, thank you guys again for listening to the podcast. Thank you for listening to the Donald X. Stay safe. You be you. We'll catch you the next time.